the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump says he has spoken with some governors and is considering some type of an enforceable quarantine to prevent people in New York and parts of New Jersey and Connecticut from traveling. He told reporters of the White House it would be for a short period of time, if at all. The president said he has spoken with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and New York's Andrew Cuomo. The president says it's important for him to be on hand to see off the USNS Comfort in Norfolk, Virginia today, which he's about to do. As the leader of our country, when they can do work like they've done, and they've been working all day, all night, medical supplies, everything, loading up that ship, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. It's right down the road, practically, right, Virginia? And the president is in Norfolk, Virginia at this hour. In fact, he's just stepped up to the microphone to make a few comments. The 1,000-bed military ship is scheduled to arrive in New York Harbor on Monday. This is SRN News. This is Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities. During times of crisis, this radio station will continue to be a reliable source of news and information. We take this very seriously and ask that you continue to stand behind not only our station by listening every day, but by continuing to do business with our local marketing partners. It's because of their support that we can be a beacon of strength when our culture needs it the most. Visit this station's website to learn more or call us at 651-405-8800. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio, just past 1 o'clock, which means one thing. It's time to make talk radio great again. It's your Northern Alliance Radio Network headliner, Mitch Berg, coming up next. And with a significant amount of the U.S. workforce working from home or in a state of self-quarantine in order to flatten the curve, we want to remind you it's easy as ever to tune in and stay informed as we work together. We're on iHeart. Tune in our website, free mobile app, your smart speaker, and radio. Here's your Twin Cities forecast brought to you by Great Plains Windows and Doors. Rain likely, high 47. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act. Mitch Bird. Welcome back. Beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the ocean of, well, self-isolating purple, let's be honest. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. And I got to say this is a first. Now, I've been doing this broadcast for 16 years, and before that, I had a radio career that, if you count it all up, goes back 40 years on and off. And I'll be honest, it's mostly off. Uh, But in the last 40 years, I have been working at a radio station, one radio station or another, one level of time or another for probably 24, 25 of those years. Yeah, I had a bunch of years off in between uh, careers um, from night. Uh, to 1993 to 2004, didn't set foot in a radio station even once. But I've been in this business for a while, and and some of it part-time, some of it for the fun of it, some of it, I, honestly, I'm having the most fun I've ever had working in radio uh, these last 16 years uh, at AM 1280 The Patriot. And I think Brad and King can say the same thing, um, other than the whole working in the business for decades after decades thing. Uh Anyway, uh, that's uh, that's that that's sets up this next bit here because we have a bit of a first going on today. Now, in all my years, forty years on and <clears throat> off, I've had uh, I've worked from I broadcast I should say from hog barns. I have broadcast from the beach at Lake Phelan. I broadcast from an MTC bus and from the atrium at Southdale and. Once, one glorious afternoon, I broadcast from 
the window of a department store in downtown Minneapolis for three hours. I got to carry John Prine's guitar. That was pretty cool. I have broadcast from just about every place one can imagine. I've even broadcast not once, not twice, uh, but 11 times from the middle of the icy, uh, the middle of an icy lake. So I have broadcast from a lot of different places. I have, I have done pretty much everything the radio world can throw at you. Oh, let's not forget from the middle of a crowded, noisy ballroom over and over again from political conventions, from, uh, from, from the state uh, convention, from the, from the Republican national convention in 2008 in St. Paul. So I broadcast from a lot of places, every place, but one home. I've, I I always looked on in envy at the people who got to uh, broadcast from their houses. And every once in a while, especially earlier in my career, it was a real rare thing because connecting someone up live with the studio was an expensive thing, right? It cost a fair amount of money. You needed specialized equipment, a special hyper expensive phone line to do it. And it just wasn't worth it for most stations and for most people. Now you'd hear about people like the the guy who runs the the, the longtime top rated morning show in town, doing it from their house here and from their house in Florida. And you never really know which, and that's okay. You got a lot of money, you can make that happen. I never wanted to broadcast from home, to be honest, because there's something about the buzz and the thrum of 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 a day at the radio station, the sort of the, the 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 throb of the of the equipment, the smell of the ozone in the air, which you don't get anymore because the equipment is all electronic, not electrical. You don't have vacuum tubes. My first radio station smelled like ozone all over the place, and it was just even even later in my career, you could smell ozone in the air, and I still associate that with working in radio. Uh, but I've never broadcast from home until today. Uh, that's because we are taking our social distancing seriously here at AM 1280 The Patriot. Uh, I'm here at my uh, home in an undisclosed location in St. Paul. Uh, Terminator N, back at the studio, uh, safely ensconced away from bacteria in a bunker that was literally built to deal with emergencies decades and decades ago. This is one of one of those things that they don't have to learn in radio school these days, but we did when I was getting started in the business at age 15. Some radio stations are more equal than others. They were built in the 1950s, 1960s, I think even in the early 1970s, some of them, were built down in basements to be shielded from radiation just in case Ivan dropped the big one. Well, this is as close as I've come to that in my radio career, and fortunately, we're not sitting in a bunker living on crackers and uh, dried uh, and jerky. We're, in fact, at home. I'm, uh, I don't have a camera on me right now. That might be an option for next week, uh, but I'm, uh, I'm hoisting a glass of water even as I speak and enjoying uh, my cat curled up around my feet, which is a whole lot nicer than the, the carpet at the studio, Frank. I, with all due respect to the engineering staff, I'm kind of enjoying this so far. And Brad and I... We'll be doing this for the duration of the crisis. And much as I'm looking forward to get back to the studio, because there's something about being in the studio that kind of makes you feel, yay, it's a wonderful day for radio. Uh, here we are. King Banyan, of course, has the advantage. He's been doing his show from, I think, home, or at least his office at uh, the university for 10 solid years now, way ahead of all the rest of us. And so great, uh, very, very happy to be here with all of you. Uh, here on another Saturday. The alternative was to do a rerun and keep doing reruns <laughs> until uh, the, the crisis is over. And we don't know how long that's going to be. Now, there is a lot of discussion about how real the, the, uh, the, uh, the crisis is right now and how long this nation has to stay uh, essentially locked down with our economy uh, basically uh, shut down uh, to all intents and purposes, and and not all of our economy. Some of us are blessed to have jobs that allow us to work from home otherwise. So I've, I've been working at home one job or another for a couple of weeks now. This is the first time that I get to do my side hustle from home, but my day job's been home for a, for a week or so, a uh, week and a half, almost two weeks now, starting, week, uh, starting the second full week at home. And I got to say, I'm kind of enjoying that. I, I did it for a couple of years before, 
and there's something to it. Now, not everyone has a job where you can work from home. From home, obviously, police, doctors, first responders, paramedics—they've got to be out and among all of us, infectious or not. And beyond that, there's a lot of people who work in grocery stores and uh, other essential businesses, pharmacies, doctors' offices, hospitals, uh, all sorts of places that uh, even the coffee shops that are still open this morning, uh, they're essential enough. I mean, food is important, yeah? Uh, By the way, food being important, I have to say, if there's one lesson that I hope people take away from this crisis, this public health emergency, it's this. Do your panic shopping before the panic. (laughs) If it makes you feel better to have a couple of 12 packs of toilet paper socked away in the back of a closet against an emergency, do it before there's a crisis. If it would make you feel better to have a couple pounds of brisket tucked away in the freezer in your garage, do it before there's a crisis. You like your bacon? Buy your bacon an extra pack at a time over the course of months. You want to have 10,000 ibuprofen tablets lying around your house? Get a pack a month for two years. You'll, you'll be caught up before. It's like saving money. You, sit, you pay yourself before you pay your bills. Soon you have enough money to buy that snowmobile or that lake cabin or that car or whatever it is that, that grabs your fancy. It's the same when it comes to panic shopping. Do your panic shopping months before there's a panic, and you will look at those crowds trooping in and out of those stores, stripping those shelves clean, and go, huh, I'm sure glad not to be standing in that long checkout line listening for people hacking away behind me. So uh, hopefully that uh, is a lesson that uh, sinks in with everyone out there. And by the way, feel free to pass the word. There are people in my social circle who are saying with some assurance that this uh, epidemic is in fact uh, overrated. And in fact, uh, Donald Trump, uh, the President Trump called it a hoax in a press conference, several press conferences uh, before two weeks ago. Uh, Clearly, it's not a hoax. Uh, People are dying. We had our fifth death in Minnesota so far, and we're somewhere up in the 400s, I think low 500s for cases right now, which, by the way, is well behind the exponential growth curve that the experts were expecting a while ago, which is not to say it can't take off. But people are getting sick. People are dying. And notwithstanding the fact that as many as half of the population may show no symptoms whatsoever, uh, a significant part of the population, not all of them old, uh, not all of them senior citizens, uh, will have some fairly catastrophic symptoms. We're seeing reports out there from People in their 20s and 30s who feel like a truck has hit them. And yeah, it's that means it's no worse than a really bad case of the flu in that sense. But it's, let's, not get, let's not get overconfident here. At any rate, uh, real people are actually dying. Again, all five of the cases in Minnesota of people dying so far are over the age of uh, 80, uh, I believe. Uh, but some notable people are dying. I listened to a, a bit of a, a memoriam today on another radio station to a number of people who passed away this past week. One of them, uh, a Rabbi Cohen in New York, doesn't narrow it down much, I know, but a, a rabbi in New York uh, who died at age 91 of complications of, of coronavirus, who fought in the Polish resistance in World War II and is an inspirational story of of, of stick to and survival. And let's be honest, uh, for the Second Amendment, uh, for, for everyone to, to pay attention to. He passed away. The Nazis couldn't get him. Coronavirus did. Playwright Terrence McNally uh, died this past Tuesday. If you're not a big fan of the theater, we'll let that slide. But um, Terrence McNally was, has been referred to by the most quintessential, as, yeah, as I should say, the most quintessential man of the theater um, who died this past week of complications um, now, he had lung cancer, has gone to, undergone lung surgery a couple times. He was at high risk, but there's a lot of people at high risk out there, including uh, my late, uh, for lack of a better term, stepfather. Uh, I was in my late 20s, mid to late 20s when he and my mother got married. So I really, he's not really a stepfather. He's more my mother's uh, husband, late husband in this case. He had COPD and lung cancer and a number of other ailments that left him very vulnerable to coronavirus. Now, 
as it happens, the lung cancer got him first. And so uh, rest in peace, Bruce Books, Navy veteran, uh, Department of Defense uh, cryptologist, and uh, my uh, mother's husband and, and friend of mine for the past 29 years. Um, not, not lost to coronavirus, but uh, it's, it's hard to separate after a while. At any rate, uh, someone that we were taking very great care of uh, for, for, pur- for purposes of watching out for cardiovascular complications. Okay, one less problem in that sense, sort of a blessing and a curse. But with that in mind... Uh, We're going to talk about some of the news related to coronavirus and, you guessed it, politics when we come back. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, Mm -hmm, phones, mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. (laughs) Your weight is up. (laughs) You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds, Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you gotta say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. Whether you're just getting started in the world of digital marketing or already have a plan that's not getting results, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Salem Surround provides your business with all your marketing needs under one roof. And face it, in 2020, if you're not effectively using digital media, you're behind the competition and losing sales. Salem Surround will help identify any weak points in your marketing strategy and consult with you to bring solutions that will meet your needs and exceed your expectations. Total market saturation for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. If you could do one thing that changed you forever, would you? How about something extraordinary? Set a clear new vision for yourself this year and join Dr. Sebastian Gorka on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd to 11th. Journeying through one of the most politically and spiritually significant places in the world, you'll see over 40 iconic sites straight from Holy Scripture. Reserve your spot today. Register at am1280thepatriot.com. In an era of fake news and misleading headlines, turn to a leader in accurate reporting, townhall.com. Get caught up with today's top stories, find brilliant commentary from our columnists, and have a laugh with our political cartoons at townhall.com. Welcome back to Wednesday's Head World. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651 289-4488 289-4488 are the numbers to call. Well, the number to call. You dial all 10 of them and you get right through to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. We're happy to take your phone calls. By the way, we uh, should be having Senator Dave Osmek joining us sometime in the second hour to talk about the uh, uh, the legislative in and outs uh, going on right now. Of course, the United States Congress wending its uh, way towards a $2 trillion stimulus package. And as a conservative, I have to say I'm of three minds, two of them bad about this whole thing. Government getting involved in the economy never works. You're printing more money. You're potentially driving up inflationary pressure. And it's just 
under normal circumstances should not be govern, government's role. Now, there are extraordinary circumstances where there's a case to be made that is government's role to, in, to spend, I almost said invest, I've been living in Minnesota too long, to spend on the economy or to spend on the situation. Traditionally, that circumstance is war. And, and and traditionally throughout American history, up till World War One, we only deficit spent to fight wars, existential threats to this nation, the Civil War, the the uh, World War One. Obviously, by World War Two, deficit spending was more of a of an accepted practice. Uh, that's how we got out of the Great Depression. Well, that's not how we got out of the Great Depression. That's yet another one of the great myths that the American left likes to pass along, that uh, government spent us out of the Great Depression. No, they didn't. In fact, government involvement in the economy prolonged the Great Depression. And that's a subject for another day. Now, the question is, is a pandemic that essentially shuts down the economy by government fiat the sort of crisis that deserves a government ban- uh, bailout, a uh, 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 avalanche of government spending? Well, Congress believes the answer is yes, and they pa- they're on the brink of passing, and the president is on the brink of signing a $2 trillion stimulus bill to fight the economic ravages of the coronavirus. And the public relations centerpiece of this bill is a series of checks to Americans uh, under a certain income level, naturally, a certain amount of means testing involved. So Americans will get Selected Americans whose family income, I believe, is under, last I checked, $75,000 a year, will get a little bit of a bonus from Uncle Sam, something like 1200 bucks, scaling down rapidly to considerably less, well under three digits, in exchange for ramping up the nation's deficit by a total of about $6,000 for every man, woman, and child in the United States. The trade-offs you make. Now, is an epidemic a legitimate reason to do that kind of of deficit spending, that kind of avalanche of debt uh, forcing upon our our children and grandchildren? Well, time will tell. uh, Because if the economy collapses, the deficit and the debt will get even worse. And that's something to watch out for. Now, along with that, there is the ongoing matter of holding our government accountable to the to, to to reality, really, in dealing with the coronavirus and the epidemic and, and the economic effects of, for lack of a better term, extremely draconian responses. And if you don't think it's a draconian, I mean the idea of ordering as government uh, as Governor Waltz did this past week, ordering the pretty much the entire state economy, with the exception of a couple of selected markets and employees and employers who have the option of remote work, to shut down for the duration is pretty much unprecedented. Yeah, we've had uh, epidemics before. I remember. I'm, I remember when I was in elementary school having teachers who. A little inside story here. I, I had the same fourth grade teacher as my father did, and that takes us back to uh, teachers who started teaching back in the 1930s. And she would tell stories of scarlet fever epidemics that would involve public health authorities going from house to house where someone had scarlet fever, pounding a quarantine notice on the door and saying, okay, nobody allowed in or out. I mean, deliver groceries, but no contact because you don't want the scarlet fever. And there are stories that have been mingling their way through the national press in recent weeks of the, the benefits uh, to jurisdictions that uh, practiced quarantines, uh, more or less strict quarantines, quickly during the Spanish flu, which remains, in terms of raw numbers, the worst uh, epidemic in human history. Now, in terms of percentage uh, of, of populations ravaged, of course, you're talking about the Black Death, of the 13 and 1400s, many, many plagues that cut the European population down really drastically. And so when you see the response to this kind of epidemic, which for anywhere from uh, 99 and a half to, or actually 99.8 to 95% of those afflicted, best case to worst, uh, can be fatal, 
but it's it's like flu for the vast majority of population or has no symptoms at all for a good half of the population that get it. Consider then a disease that kills easily three quarters of the people who contract it and can be contracted across broad populations and literally wipe out entire villages. It, and and by the way, these were villages that had no concept of public sanitation, of hygiene, of the need to keep flea-infested rats away from human habitation, things where we hope that we're doing a better job than they were six, 700 years ago. Fingers crossed. And believe me, if you've been to San Francisco or Seattle lately, you might want to take a deep breath and consider some of the lessons of the past. I can tell you from firsthand experience, we're maybe looking at, I digress. We'll come back to that later on in the broadcast here today. The lesson is, of course, that uh, the worst case, perhaps best case, depending on your perspective, we could look at this relatively lightweight, potentially catastrophic for individuals uh, and perhaps some less prepared, more elderly cultures. We can look at this as sort of a dry run for, hate to say it, a real epidemic because the coronavirus is a disease that, as we pointed out, depending on where you're at, can affect less than 10, can, can result in symptoms in a relatively small percentage of the population and result in a very low rate of deaths, like, say, in North uh, South Korea or Taiwan or Singapore or Hong Kong, where they adopted strict quarantines and widespread testing bright and early. And they kept the death rates and the infection rates relatively low. Norway is another good example. They locked down all travel, even travel within the country bright and early, and they're still under 20 deaths, granted in a state roughly the size of Minnesota. So keep it in scale. We're running much better than Norway is at this point, but they're farther into the epidemic than we are at this point. Anyway, if you consider this a dress rehearsal for what society would have to do if we had a real serious pandemic, if Ebola somehow muted, mutated into a strain that could travel in places like Minnesota, or if we had really nasty flu that had mutated into a form that people were having a hard time getting immunity and developing vaccines for, well, you could see perhaps the importance where this this whole uh, fracas that we're going through right now might be a blessing in disguise. Anyway, the virus is affecting people. Uh, obviously, if you're in the, in the UK, the death rate is spiraling upwards quickly. They've had 10 times as many deaths in the UK so far as we've had in, uh, in the United States. Anyway, the death rate, I should say, is 10 times what it is here. The, the, the fatalities per million people which is an important number, by the way. Raw numbers don't tell the whole story. Uh, there's six or 7,000 dead in Italy, which is a catastrophic toll. And then you consider that Italy is about one-fifth, uh, no, one-sixth the size of the United States. And so multiply that number by six. Imagine 42,000 Americans dead in a month. Imagine the fact that in another week, that number is easily going to be in the 50s, even though the death rate is starting to flatten out a little bit in Italy, thank heavens. Uh, you can easily see that within two or three months, a country like Italy proportionately will suffer a fatality rate uh, the same as the United States suffered in uh, 10 years in the Vietnam War. That's a fairly serious impact here, folks. Now, there are those who are saying the government is overreacting. There is a case to be made. And we're going to be talking about not just the case to be made, but the media's response to the, it being broached by a certain orange-haired president uh, in the next segment here. But uh, it has had an effect. Uh, in the UK, where the death rate is per million people, is 10 times what it is in the United States, we've had... Uh, over this past week, the news that Prince Charles and Prime Minister Johnson both have taken ill with the coronavirus. Anyway, here's hoping for the best for both of them at this uh, trying time. Uh, we're also told this past week that Senator Klobuchar's husband is in the hospital. Um, 
with uh, the virus. And in the statement, by the way, he, she said, uh, the senator said her husband, John Bessler, had a fever and was coughing uh, blood, which is pretty serious. He was checked into a hospital in Virginia and uh, was receiving oxygen, but is not on a ventilator and has apparently been released from the hospital since then. Uh, and this is, a, I mean, good uh, all the best to Senator Klobuchar and her husband. Uh, don't wish ill on anyone. Unlike a lot of your progressive friends, I actually don't want all of you to die. Uh, more on that later on after the break here. But uh, it's it's... This, this is the real thing here, folks, or a real enough thing for an awful lot of people. Coughing up blood, serious business. Of course, the news coverage, as always, did its best to to soft pedal Klobuchar. The, the report on Channel 5 said Klobuchar said she's working in the Senate to ensure Americans receive the help they need. No short story is too short to fit in a campaign uh, message. Northern Alliance, we'll be right back. Master Pool and Spa. Master Pool and Spa's blowout sale. Save up to 33 to 65%. Come in and we'll prove to you we have the best products at the lowest possible price. Master Pool and Spa is Minnesota's largest spa dealer. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Drive a little and save a lot. Some of our clients have driven hundreds of miles because the deals are that good. Master Pool and Spa's blowout sale. This is your chance to save big. Save up to 33 to 65%. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. 18-month interest-free financing. This is a limited-time offer. Master Pool and Spa. Visit us today at 394 in Louisiana and St. Louis Park. Look for the big blue sign. Check us out online at masterpoolandspa.com. Masterpoolandspa.com. Or call us at 952-253-0665. That's 952-253-0665. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas or pain, or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. My friends, Dennis Prager here, and they're at it again. The left is doing their best to silence ideas they don't like. On the college campus, in social media, and at your place of work, if you dare think for yourself and say what you believe, the left will try to shut you down. I've experienced this, and you, your children, and your grandchildren will or already have. My friends, it is time to fight back and defend our values, and that is why I made the film No Safe Spaces. Hollywood doesn't want you to see this film, which is why, believe it or not, this is really amazing. You won't see it on Netflix or Amazon Prime, but now you can watch No Safe Spaces for a limited time at nosafespaces.com. It's time to fight back against the attack on free speech and protect our American values. In any event, it's just a great film. See No Safe Spaces starring Adam Carolla and me at nosafespaces.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call, should you care to join me, and I sincerely hope you do, because I would really love to hear from you. You can also join me on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, or as uh, regular listener Matthew from San Diego puts it, uh, hashtag NarnShow from home. What the heck? We'll, we'll allow both. Uh, NarnShow or NarnShow from home are the, uh, the hashtags to join the conversation live 
on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to have you either way, especially by phone, 651-289-4488. Operators are standing by any which way you want to get through to me. So uh, broadcasting live from the Berghaus in St. Paul, that's right, conservative talk radio, literally a shining spot of defiant red in a sea of the moldiest, dingiest, and least competent blue you can possibly imagine uh well there's so much to talk about here i i could i could do another couple hours here at this rate uh this past week we saw uh, a fair amount of of pushback against the mainstream media the washington times had a great uh, piece this past week after noting a couple of press conferences where uh the uh, members of the media were taking extended downright tiresome shots at the president about his reference to the, the, the phrase Wuhan flu or China, excuse me, Wuhan virus or Chinese virus. Uh, and it got to the point where it became almost a nationally, uh, a, a joke that went nationwide. Now, I, I want to be very clear about something here. Uh, I, I call it the coronavirus or COVID, if you will, COVID-19, because those are the technical terms. There are those who say with some justification that it can be called the Wuhan virus. Uh, it was found in uh, in China uh, first, and we will uh, it'll uh, we'll have. It was first found in China, and there's a case to be made that honestly, there's a certain amount of karma kicking in in referring to it as the Wuhan virus or the China virus, because of course, from the sound of it, it was their perfidy and their lying to the world that allowed this virus to spin out of control. And by the way, not just out of control here. But in China, because while while they've admitted to 85,000 cases now trailing the United States, and uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a few thousand deaths, there are signs from credible sources that indicate that the toll in cases, and especially the death toll, may be much higher than what the Chinese have admitted to. There are stories indicating that thousands of urns Thousands have been delivered to crematoria throughout Wuhan and that the epidemic has taken a much worse toll than the chai are going to admit to. And a point was made when, when the politically correct press, who are, at least at the national level, completely in the bag for the Democrats, went, uh, came out and said, well, why are you calling it a, a, a Chinese virus? Isn't that racist? Isn't that uh, doesn't that provide uh, trigger bigotry against Asian people in America? The response was, well, since when? First of all, there were there were several cases shown of of, uh, of of media people referring to the virus as the Chinese virus and the Wuhan virus up until the politically correct mafia decreed it trafe to do so, and which at, at which point suddenly it became instantly racist. I mean, there are. Our media learned its uh, lessons from Chairman Mao, quite frankly. And by the way, don't you ever, don't you ever forget? There's no such thing as journal list. Anyway, uh, people did point out quite correctly that the German measles, the Spanish flu, all named after places and people, the Zika virus named after a, I believe a town, the Ebola virus named after a river in the Belgian Congo. The Hong Kong flu, the mo one of the most recent catastrophic epidemics to strike the United States, although nothing nearly as bad uh, in terms of social impact as coronavirus has been so far. That being said, two things. First of all, there are stories, and they have passed the Berg's 19th law hoax test. Uh, there are uh, 20th law, sorry, Berg's 20th law hoax test, which, by the way, reads any... Uh, any any story of a hate crime should be distrusted and verified, and if there's anything remotely politically involved, almost always distrusted again. The vast majority of, of hoax stories lately have turned out to be, I'm sorry, hate crime stories have turned out to be hoaxes. That being said, we know that people of Asian extraction have been targeted by morons, and people who deserve to be pummeled senseless until the convulsions stop. Uh, I'll, let me put this out there uh, on the line. For the record, anyone who abuses someone of Asian descent because of an epidemic that they themselves did not start 
especially being that they live here in America and frequently are here because they want to escape things like the Chinese communist government. You, I can't hardly comprehend a level of moral turpitude so depressingly dismal as someone who would verbally, much less physically, assault someone who is Asian. Uh, leaving aside the fact that not all Asians are Chinese and not all Chinese Americans, very few, have the faintest sympathy for the communist government that, let's be honest, has given us this problem. So if you are someone of Chinese descent, uh, God bless you. Hope you get through this uh, same as the rest of us do. If you are a person who is of a mind, and I use that term in its purest biological sense, to abuse someone for being Asian, even Chinese, stop. You're an idiot. That being said, I'm going to continue to refer to it to the, as the coronavirus or COVID, just because why go out? Why not? I, I just believe in going out of my way to being uh, polite and courteous to people. There's no way, no reason I, I personally need to use this bully pulpit to uh, shade on people of Asian descent. I just won't do it. You, you do, you live your best life. I'm going to do this my way. Anyway, feel free. If you, by the way, disagree with me, I'd love to hear from you at 651-289-4488. Speaking of which, let's go to the phones uh, in St. Louis Park. Mark joins us. Uh, go ahead, Mark. You're on the air. Hopefully. Mitch, thanks. Another, another great show. Um, first of all, I think we should be cautious about these uh, alleged hate crimes. Um, oh, yeah. I have the book that I won off your show, and like 90-some percent were totally bogus. Or, But that's a whole other story. The reason I called is, if you remember Charlottesville, uh, the media kept saying that Donald Trump said there are good people on both sides. You read the whole, if you read the whole sentence, he, he, in context, he said, but I don't mean the skinheads and Nazis. And, yep. and we, we have this going around now with Donald Trump calling the coronavirus a hoax. I got the Snopes site, which is the most legitimate fact-checking site, the exact quote. During a February 28th rally in South Carolina, Trump likened the Democratic criticism of his administration response to the corona outbreak, a hoax, just like the efforts to impeach him. This is their new hoax. Their re oh, yeah. the Democrats' response. So Trump never called the coronavirus a hoax, and I, I hope you don't get mad at him or anything, but I'm kind of disagreeing with your early statement when you started the show um, he never called the coronavirus itself a hoax. And I'll hang up and listen right. to your response. So thanks. Yeah, for, and thanks I, for I misspoke. Listening. He never called the coronavirus a hoax, per se. He, he called the media's response a hoax. By the way, thanks, as always, for your call. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've got, yeah, the, the, he, he referred to the media response as a hoax. And that's predicated on the idea that the media is doing its best to try to bring him down. And Ironically enough, I, I wrote a story on my blog this past week about exactly that subject. Uh, the national media, in fact, and, and this is going to sound like a conspiracy theory, so bear with me. The national media uh, went and uh, it, it could be fairly, sa uh, fairly said that the, uh, that the national media has been in the bag against Donald Trump. Now, you could say that they have changed the rules of journalism to try and uh, take their best shot at their bet noir, uh, the orange man. And when you say this, people in the media start to say, well, that's you sounding kind of conspiracy theory ish there, Mitch. And on its face, it does sound like a conspiracy theory in a sense. Uh, I mean, we've been riffing on the media for years, justifiably so. Uh, but that being said, we need, a free press and a press that we can trust because a free, trustable press is a vital part of holding government accountable. A, pre, a free press that we can, the people can trust is such a vital part of maintaining democracy. And by trust, we mean trust to report the story accurately and, and fairly and without injecting its own bias or political point of view, or at least being clear about its own bias and point of view which our media does not. They maintain this fiction that they are objective or at the very least detached from the politics of the situation. The facts of the matter are this. 
On December 1st, 2016, less than a month after the election, representatives from the New York Times and Washington Post newsrooms went on a program called On the Media, which is a production of WNYC, which is one of the flagship public stations in the national public radio chain. Like a lot of NPR productions, sometimes it's excellent. And sometimes it's just so smug that I have to think, take it back, Garrison Keillor, you are not the most smug person on public radio. Anyway, sometimes it accomplishes its mission. But on December 1st, 2016, there was a program in which the entire hour was dedicated to discussing how the media should cover President Trump. And really, the imperative to denormalize the president. In other words... The statement built around the statement, unless the media changes the rules when discussing President Trump, uh, the, the American people will start to think of him and his behavior as normal. In other words, literally, specifically declaring themselves in the bag for getting the president out of the way. And that came through in a big way. First of all, in the discussion of the, quote, hoax. And second of all, in the, well, we'll talk about that in a moment here. One of the president's speeches last week got me thinking. This and much more when you come, only come back. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-797-5868. 800-797-5868. That's 800-797-5868. Master Pool and Spa. Master Pool and Spa's blowout sale. Save up to 33 to 65%. Come in and we'll prove to you we have the best products at the lowest possible price. Master Pool and Spa is Minnesota's largest spa dealer. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Drive a little and save a lot. Some of our clients have driven hundreds of miles because the deals are that good. Master Pool and Spa's blowout sale. This is your chance to save big. Save up to 33 to 65%. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. 18-month interest-free financing. This is a limited-time offer. Master Pool and Spa. Visit us today at 394 in Louisiana and St. Louis Park. Look for the big blue sign. Check us out online at masterpoolandspa.com. Masterpoolandspa.com. Or call us at 952-253-0665. That's 952-253-0665. I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and for years, this great station has been fighting to keep the Twin Cities right. As we head into 2020, I would ask that you help us continue the fight by supporting our local sponsors who live, work, and play right here in the Twin Cities. Now, here's a word from our friend, Dennis Prager. I I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. And helping fighters is as good and noble as fighting. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help the station. And that is just patronize their sponsors. Those sponsors, they are making us possible. No sponsors, we're talking to ourselves. By supporting the local businesses you hear on the station, you help support us as we continue to keep the Twin Cities right. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. One, two, three, four! Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, you can join the AM1280 The Patriot fan club. Go to AM1280 The Patriot, click on More. The fan club link is right up at the top there. So that's what you'll say when you get yourself signed up. 
uh, the Patriot Freedom Fan Club. It's like being uh, having a, a card premium program without having to haul that pesky, bulky card around. Did I just say cards were bulky? Sorry, they're not. But they're they're still uh, perfectly. Uh, the less stuff you have to carry around, the better off you are. We all know this, right? Anyway, uh, Freedom Fan Club at am12athepatriot.com. So we're talking about the press's uh, response to the, uh, to President Trump. In fact, the 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 fact that the president is. Uh, well, they've been spending more time trying to bring down the president than inform the American people about this epidemic and how what government is doing and and focus on whether there is or is not a feud between the president and, and Michael Fauci, for example. Now, here's what I thought about when I saw this. There was a particular speech last week in which the president said he wants to see America back to work by Easter. Uh, which is, what, a little over two weeks away here right now, maybe three weeks from this weekend, seems unlikely that the bulk of the American economy will be back in action uh, in time for Easter. We can keep our fingers crossed, but especially in some of our major cities, it's just not looking good. I mean, Easter will still happen. We just won't be all back to work in public, hanging out in crowds, going to baseball games. But the president said he wants to see us back to work by Easter. Now, in listening to this, and of course the media is yapping about it, I'd like you to imagine this. Imagine it's the middle of June 1940, and now Germany has just conquered all of Europe. The British have just withdrawn their army from the continent. It was a miraculous evacuation that was uh, the only redeeming note in in an event that would, you'd have to fairly call otherwise a complete catastrophe. The army had left all of its equipment all of its tanks, all of its artillery, uh, all of its field kitchens, everything heavier than a rifle got left on the beaches or somewhere else in France uh, in 1940. And it would have to be re-equipped from scratch all by their lonesome. The British Navy had been beaten bloody in the English Channel supporting the evacuation. The Royal Air Force uh, had been beaten had been beaten up heavily over France and had left itself just a little bit under strength against the German Air Force attack that was inevitably going to come up to attempt to bomb the UK into submission, either to drag them to the negotiating table and get a separate peace, or uh, to invade the UK and sub and beat it into submission. And if you were a rational, and by the way, the German U-boat campaign was already starting on its mission to starve the UK into submission, a, a mission at which it very nearly succeeded over the following year. Now, against that backdrop, as the last of the, the small ships were bringing the last of the British army home from France, Prime Minister Churchill went on the radio and gave a speech. He could have given a couple speeches. He could have, for example, given a realistic speech pointing out the sobering facts of the situation. Yeah, we've got no tanks. We don't, we've got no artillery. We hardly have any heavy machine guns. We've got rifles. We're, we're going to be issuing pikes to our home guardsmen because we don't have enough rifles to hand around. Uh, and, and, and he could have pointed all that out and, and gotten the British people ready for what was likely going to be a disheartening and, and economically gutting armistice that left them sitting alone uh, in a, trying to run a mercantilistic economy on, on a very, very constricted import uh, chain, were at worst conquered by the Nazis. Could have happened. But he didn't. He gave a speech that was... He gave a speech that Snopes in 1940 would have called partly false or unconfirmable. He gave a speech that PolitiFact would have given one or two pants on fires to. I mean, if all you cared about was the facts on the ground, it was an unrealistic speech. He told Great Britain and really the whole world that the United Kingdom was going to fight to the last inch of soil to the last man and woman and uh, last Britain. And if Britain, the island, fell, the Commonwealth would carry on forever until Europe was free again. I mean, if you remember back in the 1970s, early 80s, there used to be this poster or T-shirt of, of a mouse 
making an obscene gesture to an eagle that was diving down on it. It was, it was entitled The Last Great Act of Defiance. And it was, it was a humorous T-shirt, mostly. But it, it, it was one of those things that, that pointed to the, the, the human trait of showing some defiance against overwhelming odds. And by the way, Winston Churchill's Dunkirk speech uh, was one of the greatest bits of oratory in the history of the English language. And uh, by the way, as, as someone whose father was a speech teacher who grew up listening to great speeches, including many of Churchill's and as well as John F. Kennedy's and on and on and on, it's one of the few bits of speaking that ever actually gets a little chunk of emotion working its way up my throat. It must be the dust in the air when I hear Churchill give that speech. You're probably familiar with it. We will fight on the hills and the beach. We'll fight on the, the beaches and the landing grounds. We'll fight in the streets and the hills. Uh, we'll fight on. We'll never surrender. It was completely unrealistic. But it was leadership. And it's one of a series of speeches that, that I turn to as an example of things that, that may or may not have been realistic, things that people who focus on the facts on the ground may urge, eh, perhaps we want to dial it back a bit. My favorite example there, 1987, Ronald Reagan was already the best president of my adult lifetime. He converted me from being a, a callow young progressive into a fire-breathing young conservative. He brought us back from uh, the worst emotional depression it suffered since the Great Depression from a horrible economic downturn. Anyway, he was in his second term. He was going to give a speech at the Brandenburg Gate, which was at the time, ask your parents, kids, the very symbol of a divided Germany and the high water mark of communism in the West. And his advisors said, hey, we got a new Politburo. We got a new chairman. Go easy on them. <laughs> you all know the speech. This is the speech where Ronald Reagan said, Chairman Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And his, you could see his, his, his speech right blanching. They did, this was way more hawkish of a message than they wanted to send. And yet three years later, the wall was gone. Four years later, the wall was gone. Because it wasn't a realistic speech, but it was leadership. Now, when Donald Trump says, we want the nation to be back at work by Easter, is it realistic? Probably not. Is it the nation, the information the nation needs to hear to get it right with hunkering down, quarantining, isolating itself, and doing the needful to prevent the spread of the virus to the most vulnerable among us? Perhaps not, but he's got Rebecca Burks and Michael Fauci for that. That's what they get paid the big bucks for. They're doing a great job of it. What he is, is trying to lead this nation, giving this nation what it actually craves an optimistic note, something to shoot for. We're an optimistic people. We're not the French. And so I say, media, you, you, you may have done your best work in, in getting the president reelected <laughs> this past week. Uh, Dave Osmek joins us after the break. Don't know where. We'll be right back. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. I come from the doctor's clinic this morning, 28 staples out of my knee, and I am not taking painkillers. Why? Because I don't need to. I'm taking Relief Factor. Yes, it's a triple dose, but it doesn't have any negative side effects. And I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just nineteen ninety-five. That's less than a dollar a day. That's truly remarkable to be liberated from your pain for less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Go right now. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. This is your opportunity to be the next success story. It's time to stand with Israel. Sebastian Gorka here inviting you to register for a life-changing trip to Israel. 
December 2nd to 11th. Join me, my friend Mike Lindell, and hundreds of patriots on the Stand with Israel tour, a journey to the Holy Land to get first-hand insights into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. On the Stand with Israel tour, history, culture, and faith will converge right before your eyes in a truly remarkable country. I'll take you behind the scenes to explore over 40 iconic sites during an all-inclusive 10-day tour this December. We'll pray at the ancient Western Wall, sail the picturesque Sea of Galilee, float on the Dead Sea, explore modern Tel Aviv, and much more. Best of all, we'll be together with like-minded supporters of the nation of Israel. Reserve your spot today and travel with me on the Stand with Israel tour. Secure your spot today for the Stand with Israel tour. Join Dr. Gorka on the Stand with Israel tour. That's am1280thepatriot.com. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Millions open a My Social Security account so they can prepare for retirement. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. AM 1280.